Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mindful Times podcast. My name is Demi Davidson and I am the creator of the Mindful Times community. And today we have another guest. Her name is Dana Sokolov from sunny San Diego. And I am so excited for you guys to meet her and hear her story. So we will just get into it. Thank you so much for agreeing to do the podcast. I'm super excited. Oh my gosh, thank you for asking me. Yeah, so if you want, I would love for you to just kind of tell a little bit about yourself and your story. Okay, Um, as it pertains to recovery, I assume, correct? Yes, please. So I, so before I even drank or used, I was obsessed with wanting to have the experience of what it was like to drink alcohol or to you know, try a substance. I was so obsessed with that. Really? And yeah. And I, and I, and I say this, but like, I feel like I was, um, I had, I was an alcoholic before I even like took my first drink and I just, I don't know what it was. I just like, I wanted to feel different. I wanted an escape and I just, I was so attractive to like what these other people were doing. Um, like the older people who were like drinking and I don't know, just, it was attractive to me. So, um, you know, I had some chaos in my home and so I found that to be a, um, an outlet for me and, you know, I'm trying to, like the, gosh, one of the first times, like I was drinking, I remember we were passing around like a plastic, um, a plastic like water bottle filled with all different types of liquor and we were all just like drinking it. And I remember I got like really drunk and I threw up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. And I don't know, I guess my drinking started from there. But what I noticed is I, so in high school, I was, um, I was an athlete. So I, I, on the weekends, I had practice and I was very good at sports, but I, um, you know, also had this obsession with like wanting to, um, wanting to escape. And when, um, when I would go to parties in high school, I, I remember this vividly now because, I remember like going into a house and I would like look like search and see all the alcohol and think how quickly can I drink this before it runs out? Like I was so afraid that I would have to be there and there would be no alcohol left. And I'd be like, this is kind of boring. Like I want to go home. And so I just like, remember like my, my, my thinking back then was so like twisted. So, um, you know, throughout high school, (laughs) I, uh, I got, I got in some trouble throughout high school. When I was um, 16, I got, um, I got in trouble for um, a drunk in public. And when I was 18, I got in trouble for a minor in possession. Just these little things like along the way that kind of introduced me to recovery. But I, I just, I was, it was not time for me. So um, my, let's see here. So I, I ended up going to college and I you know, I drank like normal person I thought, but really like I look back and I'm like, I put Facebook albums up that said team blackout. Like oh, goodness. <laughs> normal thing. Like now I'm like mortified, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Right. Like not everybody blacks out. Right. Um, and so, yeah, my, you know, my drinking looked like blacking out, but I thought that was cool. Like I thought that like, that was a really cool thing. And so, um, I, uh, for me, I think that there was so much, um, when I was, when I, when I was growing up, like just be, my, um, a family member of mine got sober and 
you know, the dynamic in the house changed. Like we were a pretty dry house and there was no more, there was no more drinking and there was just, it was a little bit stricter. And so as soon as I went to college, I was like, oh my gosh, like freedom, right? I could do whatever I wanted to do. And, um, I just, I craved that as an alcoholic. I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do. And so, um, I, I dabbled into, um, drugs quite a bit throughout high school and college. And, you know, after high, after, um, college, I moved back up to Northern California. So I, I lived in Northern California. Um, then I went to school at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. And so I moved back up to Northern California and that's kind of where my like drug use got pretty, um, got pretty intense. I was really involved in like going to Burning Man and doing all these, um, you know, night, I guess they were like clubs, but night clubs, um, staying out till 6am in the morning on the weekends. And do you mind me asking what kind of drugs? I'm just curious. Yeah. 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 I, um, I did a lot of cocaine. Cocaine was my drug and, um, you know, Molly and ecstasy. I love too. Um, I totally relate. That's why I asked because I have a very similar background experience. So, um, cocaine, so alcohol, alcohol and pot have always been my drug of choice. I've just consistently done those, but like I would go in really intense phases of like a six month, six month binge of cocaine and Molly on the weekends and fun stuff like that. To be really honest with you, I had so much fun doing that. You know what I mean? Like that was so much fun for me until it wasn't anymore, until it wasn't sustainable, you know? So, um, I got into this relationship and we, um, we partied a lot together and like we, we, we had a, we had a great time. We lived together, we partied together and, um, we'd been together about four years and he, and you know what? I actually completely lost myself in this relationship. I, one thing I noticed about myself as I started to get sober, but like, I didn't know how to be myself in a relationship. Like he was really into surfing and burning man and all this stuff. And like, I just like went this way because I really just didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. I just didn't know like what made me happy. Like, you know, I've always been into yoga. This is funny. I'm like, I was like a drug addict, alcoholic, stoner, all this, but I was so into yoga and like meditation. They're so similar. Really? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's funny because I'm listening to your story and I also was an athlete most of my life. And always into like health and fitness and yoga and just like all these healthy things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was always drinking and using drugs. And it's, yes. it is not in balance at all. And that mm-hmm. was one thing that I always noticed um, throughout that time is I just, I never felt an alignment. Like these two yeah. things were totally different yeah. and they didn't really work very well together. Mm-hmm. It's like a double life, you know, like I loved my, like my healthy living. That was a big part of who I was, but, and I really like to have fun and like, you know, go that other route. So yes, it wasn't in alignment. Um, and so, you know, so he, he had decided we've been for however many years, but he decided he was going to go on a six month trip. And I, oh my gosh, was like, what do I do? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how can I live without this person, you know? And so I ended up moving home to my parents' house. And um, like real shortly after that, I got a DUI. And, you know, I should say this, you know, throughout my drinking and using, 
you know, I have two family members who um, are in recovery, like in my immediate family. And I, something for me, I never said to myself, you know, oh, tomorrow, like, oh, this is the last time, like, or I'm, I'm going to quit drinking is what it is. I never said to myself, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to stop using this drug. Like, I never allowed my mind to say that because... Cause I know I didn't want to, but what I would say to myself was like, Oh, I'm never going to drink tequila again. It's the tequila that's doing this. Or like, I'm never going to do this again. Oh, that's what it is that got me to feel like this. But that's like the, what do they call it? The bargaining phase. Oh, I like that. You're trying to bargain basically. So what a lot of people would do in the bargaining phase, um, which is what I did was, okay, no more hard liquor. I'll yeah, just beer. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't work, it's like, okay, only on the weekends. I'm only going to drink on the weekend. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, we're just constantly bargaining because we're not ready to fully let go yet. Yes. And I, but, and I never had the thought, like, I never, I think the thought was there. I just never let it fully come into my consciousness because I knew that if it came into my consciousness, I would have to do something about it. And I really think I knew that. So, you know, for me, that, um, I should say this. I um, before I got a DUI, um, when my boyfriend at the time left, this was this was a really intense thing for me. So this is the last time I did cocaine. So when my boyfriend at the time left, um, he drove back to LA, and um, that night I went out with some friends, and we ended up staying up all night doing cocaine. And I remember it was 10 o'clock in the morning the next day, and he had called me and he said, you know, how was your how was your first night, um, at home, you know, without me? And I was like, I had been up all night. Like I just, this like flood of emotions, like kicked in. I felt so terrible about myself. And I remember feeling so low that day, like lower than I had ever, ever felt just so stripped of all my like serotonin. There was nothing there, you know? And that was the last time I did cocaine because I was like, I never want to feel like this again, ever. And so that was the last time I did that. I'm like, okay, cool. It's the cocaine. I'm done with that right now. Right. Um, so I got a DUI, I got put in jail. That was like a wake up call for me. And you know, I had been going, I drank and drove all the time. I drank and drove all the time. Honestly, like I rationalized that I didn't even like care. I would drink with a cup sitting in my car. Like, and I, I drink high, I mean, drive high. I just, I didn't care. And I didn't, I thought I was invincible. And so when I got caught with the DUI, I got pulled over for being on my cell phone. So yeah, at 10 o'clock in the morning, um, I was on my way to the dentist and I got pulled over for being on my cell phone and he came to my door and he said, have you been drinking? And I was like, no, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. And he's like, step out of the vehicle. And he took my blood alcohol level and I blew a 0.1. And so that was at 10 o'clock. And I had slept and ate some food and I still had a high blood alcohol and I really didn't think anything of it, you know? So I, uh, when I got caught and I was sitting in jail, I thought, you know, shoot, (laughs) like, shoot, like I, I actually got caught. Okay. And what startled me the most is that when I got out and I started to, you know, kind of just do my life again, like. I noticed that I didn't know how to not drink and drive. Like it was so a part of what I did, like going to the Giants games in the city. Like, how do you go to a Giants game and not drink and come home? Like, I just couldn't, I was like, how do people do this? Um, so, you know, I had a couple divine moments that, that came. So that was in February, 2013. And 
um, in, I think, I think um, May, my mom had gone down to, my parents, both of them had gone down to San Diego for um, her reunion for college, and they had a great time, and they came back, and I remember I was sitting on my parents' couch, home, you know, living there by myself, at, I don't know how old I was, 24, 24, and I remember they, they walked in, they said, oh, we had a great time, and they, they said, you know, Dana, like, you might really love San Diego, have you thought about moving down there? And I remember I turned around to them and I was like, okay, that sounds great. Like I had just, I was so apathetic. Like I just, I was so depressed. I had nothing going on. I was working at a, um, a boys, um, a boys group home. Um, really intense, really emotional and, you know, kind of depressing. And although I loved it, but that's just, that's just where I was at. And so, um, literally within like three weeks, I packed up my little Honda Civic and I drove down to San Diego and I posted on Facebook. I said, I don't know anybody in San Diego, but does anybody have a spare room? I can come rent for, you know, for until I land on my feet. And so I did. And I drove down to San Diego and I rented a room with somebody who was gracious enough to do that. Um, and I, I did. So I got there and I remember all I did was like, I had like had my little Honda Civic with the bike rack on the back on the back and I just rode my bike along Mission Boulevard. I was just so alone. I I was just so alone. I had no idea what I did. I landed in San Diego and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what did I do?" And so about 2 weeks after living there, I was sitting alone in my room and I had had a couple glasses of wine and this was on July 10th, 2013. And I I remember sitting there thinking like all of a sudden that thought that I was telling you about, like just came flooding in. And the first thought I had is what's the date tomorrow? And I was like, July 11th. And I was like, and like, boom, it was like, that's going to be my sobriety date. And I was like, what? Like oh, I have no idea, <laughs> no idea where that came from. I've never, never, never allowed that thought in. And 11 has been my lucky number my entire life, all through sports. It's just, it's been my, it's been my thing. Like, and so I sat there and I just started crying and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make tomorrow my sobriety day. And so I, I woke up, I knew where to go. I know like my, um, my family members had, um, dabbled in, uh, in AA. And so I knew where to go to an AA meeting and I just like, I lost it. I just cried because, um, I introduced myself as an alcoholic because I knew I was an alcoholic. I finally, finally had the courage to admit I was an alcoholic. And in that first meeting, I heard somebody talk about the, the obsession. And I had no idea anybody else obsessed about alcohol, obsessed about drugs. Like, I literally thought I was the only person that obsessed. And so when somebody else talked about the obsession, mental obsession, I, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's me. So that's, that started my journey into recovery. Okay. <laughs> so I would love to hear a little bit more about AA or maybe anything else that you found helpful. Cause I know, um, I've been to, at this point over the years, I'd say less than 10 meetings mm -hmm. I kind of just go in the beginning. I felt like I tried more because I really needed it and I needed mm -hmm. foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that it is wonderful for some people and then some yeah. people maybe not. So I'm just kind of curious your experience with it or anything else that you've tried. Sure. So, you know, I, 
you know, I, I showed up to San Diego, right. And I didn't know anybody. So I was, I went to AA because that's what I knew how to do. And so, um, I, what happened for me is I met so many people in AA that were doing this deal. I found, you know, I found this like group that I just kind of like jumped into and they like took, took me in like, here, come to, come with this, come to us with this, you know, let's go to dinner, let's go to a meeting, let's do all of this. And so, um, I feel so like lucky and blessed that I, that I found this. And so I'll tell you like today, like I've been sober six and a half years. So today, like that little group has like evolved into other groups and gotten bigger. And so I, I don't know anything else besides AA recovery in San Diego. So like it was, it's been a part of my world since I've been here. So like San Diego and AA don't, they're not separate for me. That is like my life. And so, you know, I, you know, AA is a spiritual program and I actually came into AA as an atheist and really, yeah. And like, I came in as an atheist, although like I would get high and go to Buddhist, like Mm-hmm. meditation center and like meditate and do a lot. So I, I don't really know. I think I was searching for something, but I didn't know what I was exactly. searching for, but I, but I still didn't believe that there was anything bigger than myself. I really didn't. I thought I was the, I ran everything, which is cool. I guess I thought I was God <laughs> my whole life. That's great. Um, or a higher power. But so, you know, I, the thing for me is that I had a huge block with, um, AA principles. Um, I think a lot of us do like, I didn't come from a religious background, but like, but I, but I came from like, nothing. So I had no concept of spirituality or religion or anything like that. And so I don't know, maybe I'm different. I just, I wanted what these people had so bad. I wanted happiness. I wanted to feel good about myself. I wanted the laughter. And so I just asked questions and I surrendered. And so, you know, I still, I, when I was new, I went to meetings all the time, you know, I won every day, um, for a bit. I got a sponsor. I worked the steps. This is what I've learned is that you don't know unless you try something. You don't know unless you complete it. Like you can do step one, two, three, great. That's awesome. But like there's 12. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can like, we call that um, contempt prior to investigation. Like I already know what's going to happen. I don't think I, I need it for myself. And I did that at the beginning, but then, so all the beauty has come from that. And I still go to meetings today. I sponsor women. I have a sponsor and I, it's my people, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, I don't, I don't have a life here in San Diego without AA for me, for me. So you still go to AA meetings often? Yeah, I still go to AA meetings. Yeah. And so, you know, for example, I have a, um, I have a meeting on Wednesday. It's, um, it's at a house and it's with, oh gosh, it'll range from like 10 to maybe 20 women. And, you know, they're mostly around my age, you know, I guess give or take 20 years. Cause that's kind of how that happens. But, um, And it is a house and it's like the most comfortable thing because what I, what I think about at these meetings is I look around and I think, wow, like there's a million other things we could all be doing on a Wednesday night, but like we enjoy being with each other because we all have the same like malady that is going on. Right. Like we all struggle with this same addiction and like it manifests like, right. The drinking and using is just a symptom of what's going on. There's all, all these different things like my thinking, you know what I mean? We come to like hear other people share what's going on. We feel better. We feel not alone. And like, that's really important to me. Okay. Yeah. So this is called the mindful times podcast. Okay. 
Well, wondering if you have any experience with mindfulness. I know you mentioned yoga and I'm just curious if like there is anything that has been kind of a tool for you in your sobriety. Absolutely. So um, when actually when I was in college, I was 19 and I went to my first yoga class and I actually got hooked. Right. So I got sober at 24. But when I was 19 years old, I got hooked on yoga. And so I had been practicing religiously for five years before I even came into recovery. So I have always been a huge proponent for yoga. And like I've done all different types of yoga, but like I, I don't even, I even think like, gosh, like how different would I be if I didn't even start yoga at 19? Like it is taking me all this time to like ground down with yoga and like be able to sit through a yoga class. Um, uh, so yoga is huge for me. I still, I go to yoga a few times a week. I have a wonderful yoga studio in ocean beach that I go to, um, in San Diego. I, um, I'm also really big into meditation. So, um, my husband is also sober. He has a little over clean sober. He also has, let's see, 14 years and oh, wow. Yeah. And so we both, um, we're both very into yoga and meditation. We actually just meditated this morning together. Um, really? Yeah. Before doing this. Oh, I'm obsessed with meditation. I feel like it's been such a huge part of staying sober. Yeah. And I think that there's just like so much chaos in our heads. And especially when we're in recovery, there's a lot of things that we just don't, we either don't acknowledge or we don't know how to deal with. Sometimes we don't even realize that there are things there that are affecting us so when we can get to a place of being mindful in meditation I feel like so many things come up that are relevant to sobriety and recovery and it finally gives us a chance to actually address things and deal with them in a healthy way so I for me what I've noticed is that you know the um the the drinking oops the drinking and um you know all of the the cravings and all that that was one part of it. But as I've gotten, as the years have gone by, I have, I've learned more and more the power of my thoughts and what's going on in my thinking, because, you know, I used to think that like, oh, I have no control over what's going on in my brain. Like I, it's just my thoughts, you know, they're not, they're out of my control. And, you know, what I've learned is that I actually do have a lot of control and I can, I'm learning and, I, and I'm, you know, it's a practice. It's taking me years. But to be able to, you know, say like, okay, no, that thought's not real. That's not real. That's not real. And really that comes from ego, right? Like my ego wants to sabotage me. And so if I can really say like, uh-uh, nope, not believing that today. Nope. And like really get to what's underneath. And sometimes I have to do that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But, you know, I've been running off of this voice in my head for so long. That's like, says, go do this. And then I go do it and it's like, why did you do that? And it's like, oh my gosh, this is so confusing. Like, that's what the ego does, right? Like, that's what it does. And so, you know, meditation for me is, you know, getting into that like inner voice that is the kindness, that is the softness, that is cheering me on and, you know, is, is the source of creativity for me. So I find that to be like a creative, like if I sit and meditate. I have my own business. So if I sit and meditate and I get quiet, like I usually get like a direction. I usually, it's like, I get this pull of like, you need to go do this today. I'm like, yes, thank you. That feels good. It's almost, I just, 
I really truly feel like we as humans have the answers to everything within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's so good to educate yourself and read and do all these different things. Mm -hmm. um, Self-improvement and all, I, I, I think that's all very important, but I also believe that if we just sit still with ourselves for long enough, we will find the answer to anything it is that we're wanting to know. And so I, you know, one of the steps in, um, and the 12 steps is um, sought through prayer and med- meditation to improve our conscious contact with God high power. And, you know, there's a lot of people that miss this step. And, you know, and, you know, I, I come from the 12 steps as like a design for living. But there's a lot of people that miss this step 11 and meditation. Like, step is, 11. Okay. I'm gonna say, I, I've never actually heard that or maybe not in those terms, but. To me, hearing you say that, that's something that's very interesting to me. It's beautiful. Like, you know, I, so because a lot of people, I mean, you hear people say all the time, you know, I, oh, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. I'm like, oh, I can't meditate because my mind spins. And I'm like, no, no, you don't, you're missing the point. Like you go to yoga to get more flexible, right? Like practice meditation to slow yeah. down your brain. Like, you know, if, and I, I think if like, as somebody that, you know, has struggled with addiction like this, like I, I'm quick, I'm fast, like, and I do everything very fast. And so for me to like sit and slow down, it is challenging. And you know what? I know after two days, you probably don't feel any different. And that's why it's a practice. That's why it's It's a consistent practice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess to finish this out, is there anything else that you feel, um, that you want people to know about addiction and recovery in general? About addiction and recovery in general. So, you know, I, I consider myself a grateful recovering alcoholic today. You know, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that at the beginning cause I didn't understand, but like, you know, I'm so grateful to be an alcoholic because first of all, I have an answer to whatever is, has been going on, right? Like I have a solution right now. And I like so much has happened. Like, you know, like I've come into recovery. I've met so many people in my life that have just changed the world for me. You know, I have all these tools. I have a design for living. I've, I've gotten spirituality and you know, I, I think that it's, it's harder. It's, it's really, what's what I say? Like, it is so beautiful when somebody gets sober, like when somebody goes along this path and they focus on their self and take care of themselves and like want to better themselves. Like, I find that to be so attractive in a person, oh, like definitely. so attractive. And yeah, I was, uh, actually watching one of your videos and <laughs> You mentioned something about not being a victim. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important, especially for people with addiction. And I mean, the path that I was on was not a good one, not a healthy one. Um, drinking alcohol the way that I did got me into a lot of trouble and a lot of situations that weren't the greatest. But now looking back, it's it's easy to go into victim mentality and yeah. say, you know, all this bad stuff happened to me and 
it really sucks. And a lot of people actually stay stuck there. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really beautiful when we can get sober and we can realize that we are not actually a victim and all of those things actually led us to sobriety because mm -hmm. and there was a lot of like, I had to go to a really dark place in yeah. order to get to where I am now. So it's, it's really beautiful. We can realize we're not a victim and all of those things that happened actually led us like this very beautiful place that we're at now. I find that recovery being, being in recovery, um, is really about a perspective shift, right? Like I, there's two ways to look at this. You can look at it like you're a victim Poor me. This happened to me. Why me? Or you can say like, I, and I can, I've been able to shift this like, Oh my gosh, like look at this life that I've been given. Um, because, because I'm in recovery because I've taken the steps to like, you know, better myself. Like I, I think it's absolutely beautiful in it. And I have to remind myself, like if I am, if I am, you know, really struggling with a situation, I say to myself, like, can I, what would happen if I changed my perspective on this? Like, can I see this a different way? Right. right? Like that shift, like will totally change everything. And, you know, I work with, I work with women in recovery. Those are, those are the people that I want to work with because we have been down, like all the way down, down, down to like loathing ourselves, the shame and the guilt and the like, and then we've been able to come all the way back up to here. So like we can do anything. I truly so believe that. Right? Like we can do anything. Like look at you're doing this podcast. Like this is so beautiful. Like, because I know that you didn't look and act like this, like, you know, years ago. Like exactly. I wasn't like this either. And so we're we're brilliant human beings. I really believe that. Amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, really appreciate it. And I'm really excited to share your story. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Okay. You too. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel, wherever you are listening to this at. And also if you would please leave me a five-star iTunes review, if you enjoyed the podcast, that would really help it get out and reach more people who could find this information useful. And one last thing, if you haven't already, please check out the private Facebook group. I will leave a link in the description for you guys, but this is just a a private group of, you know, non-judgmental people who are all on a similar sobriety journey. So if you are looking for a community of like-minded individuals, please check out the private Mindful Times Facebook group. We will see you guys next time. Thank you.